if I was, well, I am sitting here, and there's this big space. Can everyone hear me back there? So there's this big space, and I'm just sitting there entertaining it. Yeah, I'm just looking at it. I'm not expecting anything to come in or, or remove something that's there. I'm just entertaining the ideas that present themselves when I'm just gazing, let's say. Yeah? This is what the message is for me. Yeah? It's like you get served the spiritual subpoena. You may, you may, not, you may not know it, or you may know it, but you've got it. And then, then you get called, not to the court of the mental states... Because you've been already convicted there many times over. I mean, the sentence has been has been put out, and you're living it really. And you try to dump the guilt of that on other people, pretty much, especially significant others. Because <laughs> you wouldn't do to a stranger what you do to your you know, your significant other. You wouldn't feel like you could get away with it with anyone. Else. So, yes. So the spiritual spiritual subpoena brings all your cases to the court of light. And in the court of light, it's annulled. Because in the court of light, it never ever happened. Yeah? That's sort of what happens here. So, you may think you got it or didn't get it, but you got it. I've watched the people for tons of times. I've seen it, yeah? And I have total faith in it. My job is very minimal. But the jurisdiction ends here. Because, you know, when you've ever shared anything with anybody, hey, you know, <laughs> you share with anybody, and then they come up and they say, oh, I really like what you said, and then they tell you, and it wasn't anything that you needed. <laughs> I and mean, then you have four people come up and do the same thing, and you realize, <laughs> it doesn't matter how clear you try to be, it's going to be made into what you hear. It. Yeah, It's just the way it is. That's how things happen here. This is a subjective experience, and no one here is going to be overwhelmed by the event. The, they're going to give meaning to the event. They may use the event to give meaning, but they're going to give meaning to the event. The event isn't going to tattoo them. They're going to tattoo the event. Yeah, that's, that's our job. We don't know it. Maybe we don't like it, but like the Course in Miracles says in Lesson 2, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. That's the basic description of what's happening here. The mind is dreaming, the big M mind is dreaming this, dreaming this dream. Our experience as the dreamt object is a subjective one. Yes? So when I'm in, in a situation, you're in a situation. There was a great uh, short story by Gabriel Marquez, a great South American writer, and he talks about a murder in a little village. And, every, and there's seven eyewitnesses, and he goes over each one's account, and they're all different. But they all saw the same event, because he wanted to get this point across, literally. And they saw seven, seven points of view saw it, and the point of view gave the meaning to the event. The event wasn't seen as the event, because there isn't an event without the observer of the event. Like, the, like in physics, they say... The greatest influence of any experiment is the observer of the experiment. The greatest influence in any life is the living of it. Yeah? Yeah. This is, this is the whole point. There's been a meaning that has been given to this body, and this, the meaning that this body has been given is that it's me. Yeah? That somehow this body has the quality of no-thingness. This body, body is what's conscious. This body is what's seeing. This body is what's feeling. This body is what's tasting. 
not realizing that it's only facilitating seeing, feeling, and tasting, and touching, and smelling. If I died, and nothing happened to my head, you could take an eye that wasn't seeing a damn thing, and take it out and put it in a live body, and it would see. It would facilitate seeing, because it's not the eye that's seeing. The eye facilitates a function that is not a body function. But when it moves through the body, sort of like the light, undifferentiated light, coming through all these different cameras, all these like kaleidoscopic lenses, then the undifferentiated light breaks or gets fractured and sent out. And so now you see it as many, many different things. And so it looks like it's differentiated now. But it's never lost its undifferentiatedness. It's just appears to be different things when it moves through these lenses. Where are the lenses? This is the camera. The light is moving through. It goes through our lenses, our perceptual lenses, our cognition lenses, and all the, all the sense gates, and it produces this movie. Yeah? Now, the undifferentiated light never differentiates. It just appears to differentiate. That's the big sticking point. This whole place is rooted in seemingly so. Seemingly so. It's appearing to be true or false to us. That's the key. It's appearing to be true or false to us. Where the big honcho here? Not as the body, but as mind. Yeah? Nothing precedes us. Nothing. Nothing precedes mind. Everything comes from mind. Yeah? So the dreaming, like the Course says, you and I are the dreaming or the dreamer of this dream. We went over this last night, but I like it's a very to me it explains a whole lot. So you and I are the dreamer of this dream. We forget that we're dreaming, and this was the point that was important to me. How how am I forgetting my own nature? Let's say, which let's say one of my manifested qualities is dreaming. How am I forgetting that? If I'm the dreaming, how can I forget that I'm the dreaming? Well, I saw it, how it downloaded to me was, I'm remembering that I'm the dreamt. I'm taking myself to be a body, a thing. So in that I'm remembering that I'm a body, I forget that I'm a dreaming. It's not an act of forgetting. You're not thinking like I'm forgetting it all day. You're just busily remembering, or your head is busily remembering you're a body. And in that... In that remembrance of being a body, in that identification as being a body, you forget your quality, that you're the dreaming. And now, in this condition, then the mind, as the dreaming, becoming identified as the dreamt, now gives everything else that it's dreamt the meaning to affect the dreamt object. So now you have a figurative ass that can get bitten. Yes? This, is, this, this, this describes exactly everyone's freaking experiences. Yeah. And then there's a subjective flavor that makes everything look different because it's happening to you or you're in it. But in fact, this is basically the diagram of what's going on. The dreaming has seemingly, it can, it's impossible that it forgot its own nature. It seemingly forgot its own nature by remembering that it's a body or the feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. So I see people, I'm going to lose them up. Can you hear me back then? My friend back there? Yes? Right. So this remembering that I'm a body is how I forget that I'm the dream. 
And this puts me into the position to be affected by everything I've dreamt. You, 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 you. So now, may let's say, you're, in a sense, you're the source of all love, but now you're dependent on an outside love to be validated. Yes? These impossibilities start becoming real, seemingly real. This is the beautiful news, is that it can only reach the level of seemingly so. Yeah. And all the seemingly so, as real as it has, to, it can appear, is really based on us, not on it. Yeah, it's just arising, and then if it's sort of like in recovery, we call we have an acronym for fear, which is false evidence appearing real. Okay, so what's the mental state usually presenting in your head during the day? False evidence, obviously. First of all, because it's not about today ever; it's about yesterday and tomorrow. So it's false evidence that's appearing real. How can it appear real if it's false? It has nothing to do with it being false or true. It has to do with what it's appearing appearing to. If it's appearing to you, you can see the false evidence as false evidence, or you can see the false evidence as real. If you see it as real, you're in the mix, basically. Now, your ability to outshine circumstances and situations is totally, totally co-opted. Now, situations and circumstances outshine you. Now, one thought can ruin your day. One emotional twist can ruin your day. One little change on the game board of consequences and circumstances can ruin your day. That's the power, and it's all, all our power given over to it through identification, or if you want to call it ignorance. We're ignoring something, and in that condition, a lot of things are available. A lot of things can seem to be so, so real. But the reality they have is the reality we lend them. We're the only reality there is. There's nothing else. If you read the simple lesson of the Course in Miracles, lesson two, that you and I give everything, all the meaning it has, that describes a pretty, pretty big role you have here. A huge role that you are given everything, all the meaning it has. In other words, what you're looking at has no meaning other than the meaning you give it. Or in Buddhism, they would say everything is inherently empty. What is inherently empty of? Of any freaking reality. Then how can it seem so real? It can only appear to be real to what is real. Where, where else could it get lent reality from? It can't appear to be real to what's false. It would appear to be false to what's false. But to what's real, it can appear to be real. If what real is, what's real takes it to be so. And this is what the mental state does. It co-ops our nature and supplants it with a mental, a physical nature. And the brain is of the body. And as the Course in Miracles says, the brain interprets to the body. So when the brain is interpreting this place, it's interpreting this world to, to a body. The reference that's always framing everything is a body. So when you, hear, when you hear that there is no body, you're hearing it in the frame of being a body. You can't escape the programming. All you can do is dismiss it by realizing it's not about you. You can't escape it. Its mitt is going to go up first. And it's going to catch whatever comes up and it's going to claim it. 
This is the dilemma. Someone shared it with me the other night. Not saying this has to happen, but the possibility is this. Someone says, hey, there's a technique. Just remember awareness. But who's going to be remembering the awareness is the dilemma. Who's going to be remembering it? Your mental state's going to assume it's you. And so now you're remembering the awareness is being used to bind you to the one who's remembering the awareness. That's the bondage of self. That's how fucking insidious it is. You think a spiritual path, just because it's 5,000 years old, just isn't available to be taken over by that? It'll take it over in a day. It just it, it can co-opt you with robes and patchouli oil, just like it can with leather jackets and tattoos. It has no problem, you know, chameleonizing. It will take advantage of whatever conscious contact brings it in contact with. The sentience is brought into contact by conscious contact here. Consciousness, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching. Yes, and cognizing. Those six things are going on. That's allowing the sentience of the brain to claim to be the one who's conscious. So now you don't see that, oh, all there is is consciousness. You now have an incredible quality of being conscious. And you know what you're usually stuck with? The opposite. You feel you're more unconscious than you ever feel you're conscious. Because the way you entertain everything is split into a dualistic explanation. You can't have close without far. You can't have love without hate. You cannot have a t- one object and not have its complementary or opposite. That's how the mental state works. So the seeing is forgotten, and now it's claimed to be a you looking. That's it. Yes? The you looking is blind to the seeing. I don't care how long you look, the way you're looking prevents you from ever seeing whatsoever. Because you can't have an experience of it as you, as the body, as the subject of that experience. It's not experienceable. It cannot be objectified. It's pure subjectivity. You're never going to know it, ever. You never. You can't study it, you can't know it, you can't achieve it, you can't lose it, you can't grok it. All you can do is learn about what you're not, study what you're not, understand what you're not, and then you'll be left with what you are. And you'll find out, it'll intimate itself by the living of it. Like Jesus says, you'll know the tree by the fruit. You can never know the tree, but you'll know it by its fruit. Yeah. Exactly. So now, just like in Zen, the highest form of mind in Zen is I don't know. The I don't know mind, you know? Incredible thing, because in I don't know, you're relegated into finding out. Because you don't know. You have no freaking idea how a day's going to go. So you're alert and you're open to find out. Because you cannot know. The head thinks when you wake up, it knows how it's going to be. I know I'm going to get fired today. It's playing God all fucking day, but what, what we call, well, what we would term God, what that really is, doesn't play it at all. It just is. It's never-ending light that's incessantly on, that outshines everything. And as Huang Post said, hey, whatever can be perceived, you cannot be perceiving a simple ruler to get yourself on the right square, so to speak. Whatever can be perceived ain't what's looking. 
What's, whatever can be thought about ain't what's thinking. <laughs> whatever can be felt isn't what's feeling. Whatever can be heard is not what's hearing. Because what's hearing can never be heard. What's thinking can never be thought of. Never. You'll never capture it with thought. Ever. You couldn't get behind it to think about it. <laughs> you and I, as an object, are relegated to in front of the camera. What we are is behind the camera. What we are is the scene of what we're not. Plain and simple. Everything we see is not that. It is that, essentially, but it appears not to be that. So in the seeing of what you're not, you get a hit of what you are. That's the smell of presence, let's say. That's that sense of... uh, Openness. It almost like you build a sixth sense where you can see space. You start, you start entertaining silence, and it's, there's a cacophony going on in silence. You entertain space when you walk into a room. You can sense the presence of space because that's more. That's the more of the reality than anything that's appearing in it. Just look at it. Look at this thing here. This table. This table. Well, let's say this chair. So let's say this chair has been here for quite a while, and a lot of great asses have sat in this chair. You know? <laughs> great teachers and stuff like that. And so you'd, have, you'd see the chair, and then this and that. And then we've moved the chair out. Now you couldn't see the chair. So all you could do was be remembering the chair. Yeah? And when we moved the chair, did we have to dial up the space factory to order a size of space that would fit this space that this chair was taking up? In other words... Space had to evacuate when the chair was put in it, because this is what's real. So it pushed all the space out, and it's been here for so long, we're afraid that it's, the space is inelastic, it won't bounce back, so we got to get some fucking space, you know, or this wall, you know? If you put this wall down, there's, this, there's, there's never not been space. This is an appearance in space. Yeah. It's not taking, it's not replacing space, it's appearing in it. Almost as if what's prior to whatever is appearing is the space it appears in. Therefore, what precedes everything, what precedes everything is the space that everything appears in. So, same thing, if I walked out of here, then all you could do is remember me. You want to be seeing me, I don't. The only thing you do is remember me. And did I, am I like, did you, would you have, it would be a very small bit of space. It wouldn't be much to get, you know, buy some. But no, I didn't, I wasn't a real thing. I'm appearing in space, just like everything else is appearing in space, yes? So the mother and father is space. And we're, the, we're appearing in it. We're of that, but we seem to be in this. Like Jesus says, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. Yeah. So this world is of bodies and of separation and of things. So obviously, if you reverse engineer it, then we must not we must not be of body, we must not be of things, and we must not be of separation. That's the ofness. Yeah. But when we see people become identified, there's no people, but mind becomes identified as this, and then it believes that in the brain is inside. And everything else is outside. This is outside. This is a thing. When you go in to your inner sanctum, it's like an outdoor outhouse. It's not an inner sanctum. There's no temple in here. This is out. The brain is out. It's a thing. 
when you go through this little billboard of this happy face of you, and you, you question, hey, who the hell is that? If you go in, what happens is you go into nothingness. Yeah? Your interest and attention goes in there. And it finds fucking... It's like being a marathon runner who's been stuck in a closet this whole fucking time. It's finally unleashed, and it just goes into its own, its own cause, its own, like, its own source, and, it's a whole, and then it brings it back. While you're paying attention and interested in this manifestation, it brings that back what can't be found here from where it is, from up, the upness of nothingness. It comes in, and as it's going out, it sort of rains on you and produces a sense of deep relaxation. Yes, a traveling lighter. And then now the soap—it's always been the case, but the orbit had been interrupted by selfing. So the interest attention was constantly going out, and then we thought it went back in, but it just stayed out. So it was, it was out, 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 and it was dying for in. So now it goes in, you get totally re-energized, comes back, and now before, instead of lacking and being fatigued, you're vital and you're alert. You're awake to being awake. Yeah? And now the circuit will never be broken. Because the gig is up. Yeah? It's going through. The head is constantly putting up its little billboard. It's me. This is where it all ends. It all starts. And you just go right through it. You know what I mean? It's like, I remember I was in a hallucinatory state. I got run over by a car twice in one night. <laughs> and I was in the hospital for a long time. And I went into a heavy hallucinatory world. You know, There was a light above the door that had this like plastic ruffle type cover that you know the muted and I would look in there and I'd go off and I started having qualities in these dream states and I could fly and then I learned I could fly through people so I'd have these dreams where I was coming at people I'd go don't worry I can go right through you that's what it's like you think oh no no I can't let go then oh <laughs> the donut was what needed to be go- gone the hole is the greatest thing <laughs> the nothingness is where everything comes from. This is just crusty old fried shit <laughs> that you're defending like it's the kingdom. <laughs> I swear to God, your view changes incredibly. You're like, what the shit? <laughs> so now there's vitality. Now you're the source of your own contentment. You know, you need a meager, let's say, safe area. You don't have to have like a guarded retreat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where anyone on the property can't make a sound while you're meditating. I mean, that's not peace. Yeah. So the thought system in recovery, we say the problem resides in the mind. Yeah. So I would say the problem resides in the thought system. But that's actually where the problem gets actuated, yes? The mental state is using the thought system to facilitate a bondage to its idea that we're a body. Then it claims the feelings, and it uses feelings to facilitate the story of being bonded to self. And then it claims being conscious, so now everything you see, you see things, you know, everything you hear has been co-opted, and it's all being used to facilitate this feeling of being Paul. So if you notice it, when a feel, when an action is done through this body, there's a feeling you're doing it, yeah? And then 
there's a feeling that all these thoughts I have something to do with. Either I'm thinking them or they're about me somehow. This is how it does it. So it uses the faculties that came to its notice by conscious contact and uses them to claim to be... It uses them like this. Here's a bottle. And everyone sees the bottle. Now I can give it a, I can give it a different function by just pointing it with the word my. My bottle. So now the bottle, it's pointing, signifies there's someone who has the bottle, yes? So just the bottle, now it's my bottle. It seems very insignificant, but done over and over and over again, every day, it produces an effect. So there's thoughts, dun, 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 and there's the feeling they're your thoughts. Yeah? Thousands of times a day. Sensations occurring, conscious of them, the sensations are saying, these are my feelings. So everything is being used to facilitate this bondage to this idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It can never be so, it can never become to be so, but it can seem to be so. Yeah, In time, which is a, a span of life, let's say. So we can seem to be a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It can never complete its mission, but it can fool what is so to take itself to be that. Yes? Once it's in place, it just adds on. Just totally adds on. Once so, people, and it, it's a very stubborn condition because you come to talks like this. So I can see people back here. You come to talks like this, and the talk is about selfing, a mental process. So then people email me and they go, Oh, I've been noticing I've been selfing all day. That's not it. The product of selfing, I'm going to say it as clear as I can say, the product of selfing is to imply there's someone there. Either the one that's doing the selfing or the one who's that being done by the selfing. Yeah? That feeling of being the one that's doing the selfing, that's the product of selfing. That's what it's producing. Yeah? And it's also producing the one that thinks selfing's fucking with them. That's also the product of selfing. The selfing has not... It's, selfing is just a, a mental process that's on. It has nothing to do with us. Yeah? Nothing. It's not going to probably stop. It'll diminish because what, in, what lightens it, what enlivens it, is our interest and attention because we believe all of this stuff's about us. Like, you'd be bored stiff if I talked to you about what I'm worried about. Because you wouldn't feel it, you wouldn't see it, you couldn't taste it, you couldn't touch it, because it's actually not happening. It's up in my head, in the, in the incredible realm of what's not happening. And in the incredible realm of what's not happening, anything can happen. I can have, I can have cancer next week, I can. I don't have it now, but I can. And what happens is, the mental state thinks about that in the future, and yet experiences its contraction now. Yeah. So I think I'm going to have cancer. I can't because I, I don't, but I feel like I'm going to. Yeah. So the body contracts, and there's more identification with now the one who doesn't want to get cancer. Yeah. He doesn't even have it, but now he's concerned <laughs> about getting it. This is what it does. It gets you. It it takes it. It's like abstinence is the key in a sense. If you can have an abstinence to the thoughts, and I found how they, it comes about is. When the mind gets dropped, when you see through the mind, it's the, so if we have them, let's say we put the word money here, we did this last night, and you put sex here, and you put health here, everyone would have a meaning when they saw those words, yes? 
Okay. We're not going to change anything about sex, health, money. We're just going to add a word before them. My money. We said it last night. I wish every one of you to have a lot of money, but I don't want you to have any of my money. You see? The my gives it a whole new meaning. That my is being placed in front of everything all day by the mental state. Every feeling is trying to proceed with its my feeling. Every thought, my thought. Every action, my action. So you're bonded by the, the faculties of a body because you take yourself to be the body. It cannot be so because you're not the body, but it can damn well seem to be so. And if it really, really seems to be so, this ain't the meaning for you to be. If you feel like your house is on fire, you better find where the next bit of water is. This is about there is no house and there is no fire. But like in the course we talked about last night, they talk about level confusion. You've got to be clear where the mind is that day you're looking at it, yeah? If it's on the consequential level, if you're in the hallway of shit and fans, and you know, you're running and the fans are going on and the shit's aligning and you keep looking at it, then maybe you need some you need like a helmet or something, a nice visor with like handy wax so you can see better. Because a lot of shit's gonna be coming. The best thing is, you know, to read the hold the door and it's a hallway of shit and fans and then abstain. Just don't go in there and you don't have to get all these fucking tricks to make it through the day. You will to me, techniques and everything are great because they, they're, they're supposed to become obsolete. It should become reliance on mind. Or like that great Zen treatise, faith mind. You find you have faith in mind and you abstain from the believing of what isn't so. And if you abstain from believing it, it starts appearing not to be so. And so, if you, if you see a problem that seems so real not to be a problem, what more do you need to do than see it not as a problem? Like, the thing, you can't get out of an imaginary place. The best thing to realize is it's imaginary. And so, the appropriate action is no action. And how much time will it take you to get out of where you cannot possibly be? No time. So, you're out before you were in. But if you start thinking you're in, then you're going to be a sucker to get all these ways of getting out, which leads you into something else. The freedom is prior to bondage, not after the bondage. The, if the bondage is taken to be a fact, you're in the business of solutions. And then that business can be a problem. Because it's not letting the truth ring true, which is there is no problem. You're going to be giving, you're giving the problem relevance by trying to find a solution to it. This solution of this message is, when it starts dawning on you, it reveals that the problem can only reach the level of seemingly so. It has no fact and no reality other than what you give it. So, instead of being a victim and powerless, you have a huge amount of power in the situation. A huge amount of power. Not yours, but power. Yes? So when you see it, when you see from the solution the problem, it's imaginary, then the, there's no need for the solution. That's a damn good solution. The solution is temporary, only based on you believing the problem. Once you hit the solution or entertain it, it reveals there is no problem, there goes the solution. You can't be more economical than that. You don't need one ounce. You don't have to have a special solution pocket. 
Nothing. There's no vigilance needed. The, the thing is incessantly on. That's more than enough. You couldn't even match its vigilance. It's never blanked. It's never looked another way. It's always been on. It's always been aware. How could you match that? By trying to think you could become vigilant. This is a relaxed awareness. The aperture opens up. You, you walk, you become much more relaxed in your pursuit of anything because you got what you were looking for through the pursuit. And you don't have it, so you can't lose it. It's so prior to getting, it's, way, it's, it's so past getting because it's prior to it. There's no getting of it. You're it. I beg to differ. That's the problem. There you go. Then you have an idea, and that idea begets another idea, and then imaginary inches are, are added to nothing, and now you seem like you're far off. And then you become the judge and jury. You play God. Your head plays God about God. How am I doing in the God business? Oh, not well. <laughs> I didn't pray enough today, or some fucking crazy thing. And then look at look at the terms we use, and look what how they're actually being used. Enlightenment. People are using the term enlightenment that drive themselves fucking crazy. Awakening is the worst bane of all. These meetings have become the worst bane. Because people were pretty happy, and then they got this idea, we should all be awake. And of course, they judged that they weren't awake, because maybe someone, in a very innocent way, said, oh, I think it had something to do with this event. So let's say they woke up at Walmart at 10 o'clock and in the toy aisle, and a big you know, choo-choo train fell out and hit them. So now everyone's going to a Walmart at 10 o'clock and tries to get to aisle 5. Come on, train. Fun. As if they can produce it. It's an inherent state. What happens is you become awake to being awake. The awakeness that is believing in things starts believing in no thing. And so now, what seemed to be dull and dim is as bright as bright can be. And whenever it dawns on you, one of the first downloads it will offer is, it's always been the case. Nothing's ever happened here. This was all a giant show and uh, pony show thing. Yeah? It's all been seemingly so. So you see, you see the mental state. The mental state is in agitation all the time. Yes? Like in Buddhism, they talk about the four noble truths. And the, the truth is, the first is this suffering, which is really, I think it means a lot of things, but some, some may infer that it's like a malaise, this sort of sense of being irritable, restless, and discontent. Yeah? Something's off. All right? And then what causes that suffering? Desire. So what I found is the real, the original, in a sense, the, the primal desire is the desire to become the mental state is entertaining. So the mental state wants to become a self. It wants to be independent, separate, yeah, long-lasting. It wants to separate from the whole, so to speak, yes, and be a self. Now, it cannot become a self, but it can appear to be a self. So the desire is always thwarted, Never can be, there's never going to reach a crescendo or an or orgasm because it can never be what it isn't. Yeah? And then what it does, it does a double whammy, which it tells you you're something that you desire not to be. Like a loser, or a worrier, or a slacker, or something else. Yeah? So now its movement is desiring to become and desiring to unbecome. All day. 
It can never become fulfillment if there's, there's never cessation on the horizon. It can never be what it wants to be. So it's thwarted. Just like if you ever had a desire that was thwarted, usually a lot of ice cream's bought or some fucking <laughs> something, you know, pornography is looked at or watch Die Hard 8 the set, you know, 12 times. Some, you're going to do almost anything to get relief from the irritability, restlessness, and discontent from unrequired desire. Well, the selfing is a constant unrequired desire. Mm-hmm. It cannot produce what it wants to produce. So it, it does the next best thing. It appears to be so to us. And that takes a lot of advertising. And what do you believe the thought system is? It's just a huge advertising that a lot of shit that has nothing to do with you have a lot to do with. Literally, all day. That's the assumption. So there's an offering of, hey, you're this body. Yeah? And there's the, then there's the silent offering, no, no, I'm not that body. It's not saying what you are, because it's indescribable. But it's just pointing out you may not be that. So it's in, it's only a one movement of negation. In in the recognition what I, of what I'm not, that's what I am. So it's like the seeing of what I'm not, that's what I am. It isn't like, oh, now the seeing is freed, and now I'm going to look for what I am. The seeing is what I am. Yeah, that's it. It's, the, it's a done deal. It's like, that's that, and that's that. So it's immediately, it, the movement, the one-two dance gets interrupted through negation. I'm not that, and therefore there's no turning around to see, but I'm this. There's no this. There's just, that's that. So, I and you are the seeing of what we're not. The only thing we can see here is what we're not. We can see things, yes? And everything is not what's perceiving. You feel it in the room. You can feel the energy. What more does, you know... When, this, when I heard it, it was like an unspoken yes. Something entered me, and it was like a knowing before all knowing. And it was a done deal. Now it's just played itself out in time. But it was a done deal. You know, I read a couple of books. I went to some people. I saw my life, some I didn't like. And then I was at this one big meeting, and it was really made a huge impression because this guy had a Zen background. And he said an old Zen story, which was, uh, because it was this huge group, and of course, the speaker was higher than everyone else, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it was a subtle, he's special and we're not vibration, I'd say. <laughs> so, he's saying, and I heard him laugh, and I hadn't heard him laugh like this, it sounded pretty authentic, and he says, I'm like a man standing by the river selling water. Yeah? So I said, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> and he says, it's even funnier than that. I'm a man standing in the river selling water. <laughs> so I went, whoops. <laughs> I walked out and never went back. Because <laughs> the thing is, here's the ocean, yes? And let's say we're an aspect of the ocean, and it's just a demonstration, a manifestation of ocean called a wave but we've taken ourselves to be the wave. And the identification with the wave has an ability to eat, to produce a false separation that we may want to get to know the ocean. We may be seeking for an experience of the ocean. We may be studying oceanographic books to understand the ocean. All the while, we're, we're as wet as can be, we can actually assume that we're dry. Yeah. And so every time we meet the ocean, which is the obvious 
invitation, we decline it because of the identification as the wave. All that's needed is, hey, I'm not the wave. What's going what to happen? You'll find out what? You're wet. You've never not been wet. You're drenched. Yeah. It's like the story you used to tell you, that knocking on heaven's door. Someone brought it up to me yesterday. So, so here's heaven's door, and I'm a, a seeker, you know, and I've been seeking, and I think I've got a pretty good resume. I've been to India twice. That's <laughs> what you know I mean. been to India. I do yoga. I do this. I do that. I feel pretty confident I'll get in. So I knock on the door. And it opens up immediately. It was a little bit unnerving, you know. And there's God. And God goes, hello. And I go, can I come in? And he looks right at me and says, Paul can't come in. So I feel really dejected and I leave. And I I just decide I'm going to practice harder. So I go out and I just work really hard. I do on, go on retreats. I practice. I abstain from sex and everything like that. I'm eating, purifying, everything. And I feel like, okay, I'm ready. So I go back and knock on the door. I hope no one's in there. <laughs> Whoops, it's God! <laughs> I should have paid some. That would be great. Oh, he looks like that. I can't believe it. He looks like that. <laughs> Knock on the door, so God comes in, comes, opens, and it's again immediately like this. There's no time in heaven. <laughs> it's very unnerving, God. Give me a moment to get ready for your appearance. So I go, Hey, God, can I come in? I'm already walking. He says, looks right at me and says, Paul can't come in. So now I'm really upset. So I just say, fuck it. And I start drinking and getting loaded and fornicating. And just, so I give a shit about all this fucking stuff. You know, rip my robes and sell all my DVDs and I have that and I have this. And there I go. And then I get washed, you know, I get wrapped and I'm thrown around by life and I get washed up on the shore and it's right near heaven's door. So I, something happens when I'm getting up, my mind cracks open and I knock on the door. And there's God and I. I say, God, can I come in? And he says, Paul can't come in. And I walk right in. You see? Because his statement wasn't personal. He was just stating a fact. Paul, Steve, Mary cannot come in. As long as I was identified as a body, I felt like I wasn't permitted to the kingdom of heaven. I took his statement to be about me. In fact, it was just a description no, no identification as could get in. As soon as the identification had dropped, I walked right in. And when I walked right in, it had always been available at all times. Right where I was, I was just misnaming myself. That's sort of dilemma. You don't have to jump through hoops. You've done plenty of that. Yeah, Whatever path you're on, this is not a path to illumination, but this will illuminate whatever path you're on. This message is not a path to illumination, but it will illuminate whatever path you're on because you're the light. And as Hawaiian Po says in one of his the famous book called The Teachings of Hawaiian Po, I recommend it highly. It's a trippy book by John Blofeld. It's one of my favorites since I was a kid. And he says, uh, you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use the mind to seek mind. You can't use the light to seek light. You can do it for eons and nothing will happen. Yeah. Because in seeking the Buddha, you're denying your own Buddhahood. In seeking the mind, you're denying that you're the mind. Yeah. 
And like another great Zen master said in Faith Mind, it says, you cannot use activity to produce stillness. That would be activity. So we're in a quandary, aren't we? (laughs) Because some of us, the only format we know is doing and having. And some of the great masters have warned us that doing and having isn't how you approach the unapproachable. All you can do and have yourself into is another mental state. You cannot do and have yourself into being, because being is complete and prior to all doing and having. Yes? And we are of that. So what defeats us isn't us or the path, it's the formulation. The path and going on it may be a way your mind is affirming a falsehood. The mental state may be using it to affirm you're not that by looking for it so ardently. Not saying it's true, but it can be true. And if it is, whatever you do is going to be compromised. And it's going to be used to build a bigger beast, really. There's nothing like someone who thinks they're spiritual. It's very subtle. It's like an eel. Very difficult to grab. You know what I mean? They got all that patchouli oil on. (laughs) And we think it's more important and more noble than being anything else. It's not the case. It's not about interest. It's how the interest is being used. If it's been co-opted by the mental state, your interest in the truth will use, you'll be bonded to the idea of truth as an object to you as the subject. That's not going to work. Has it? Has whatever been produced by all our efforts stabilized and become so? Or is it, it, or is it still at the mercy of conditions and volatile emotions and states and circumstances, then how could that be peace? How is that the peace that passeth all understanding? This is messages that it's really about saving time, to tell you the truth. Because I remember I was with this woman, one of the big last hooks I had was demonstrations, spiritual demonstrations. I was a sucker for Kundalini and all this stuff. I thought it meant spiritual condition, yes? I was with a group that was really big on it. They were producing a lot of trances and Kundalini's, this Course in Miracles group. And it was very powerful to be around it. I mean, really powerful. And I met a woman that was involved with it for five years. And in, in that circle, she was called like the biggest white junkie of all so much energy was flooding into her that she was bright as like a 300 watt bulb and she told me, you know what all these five years of demonstration doesn't mean a damn thing and she saved me a lot of time because it's not about that it's not about phenomena it's not about experience there's bonuses, they may come but it's not based in experience it's not based in phenomena it's of no thingness it's not an experience It becomes your attitude and your outlook. It becomes the ability to understand the word serenity and no peace. It becomes an influence in all your experiences, but will never be found in an experience. It's not of this place. That's that's why it's the solution. You can't find a solution to an imaginary problem in the imaginary world. 
Reality is what dispels this fog. The reality. And it's the reality that we are, that we don't have to acquire, that we don't have to cultivate, that we don't have to try to zoom it up. It's, it's just as bright as it can be. So it's available. And hopefully a message like this, this is just to trigger your own recognition of it. You already know it. You know, your mental state is just trying to distract us by putting our attention and interest on things because we're identified as a thing. Yeah? This thing, this begets the relevance of other things. And then these, the other things, you know, cause this to seem relevant. Or like this great saying in the faith mind is, there is no object without a subject, and there is no subject without an object. Yes? So the false subjectivity of this object uses objects to verify its subjectivity and the subjectivity, da 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 da. Yes? It's a dualistic split of mind. How could that two-ness squeeze into oneness? Like that great faith mind says, all you do is you yell out, not two. It doesn't say yell out the only one. There's no need. Because in, if, if there is not two, there's no one. One gets its relevance from the opposite, or the, the idea of two-ness. Yeah? It seems a better or more viable, but they're both concepts. This is about negating. It's like Ramana Maharshi said, an old story, you know, the great master. He had an old story about walking, and he had, his foot was really in pain, so he stopped and he looked at his foot, and there was a big thorn in his shoe, in his foot. So he decided, I've got to get this thorn out. So he looked around, and he found another thorn. And so he dug the first thorn out. But he didn't replace the first thorn with the second thorn. He threw both of them away. So this, this idea is an idea to negate one idea. Not to replace it. Not to try to become a non-self as a self. Which is the vogue in a lot of these freaking type meetings. People are trying to, they want to ensure that they're there to experience their own absence. Which isn't, you're not going to be invited to that party. <laughs> you're not going to experience your own absence. The last thing you'd want to experience in the absence is you. <laughs> that's, why we're, that's what's driving us to go there. We want to get away from us. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, that's it, whatever. Any questions? I don't want to beat the dead horse. Didn't you get the invitation? Come on. It's basically talking about the same thing now for 14, 15 years. (laughs) People haven't seen me in seven years. Anything new? No. (laughs) Have you added on to it? No. Are you you offering new techniques? No, no. No techniques, nothing. I have too much faith in mind. I don't think we need anything. And if you really feel like you needed something, you better do it. Because you're it. If you have a, if there's a setup of certain bars and hoops that you have to go through, and there's a deep belief in them, you better do it. Yeah, because that's the restrictions that your own head is put on. Yeah, but if you get to the point where you realize, hey, I honor all that stuff, and the greatest honoring of it is not to use it anymore. Yeah. And if you don't need it, it does you a disservice to keep doing it. You know, you're free. Be brazen about it. You know, rely on mind, nothing else. And that's always available at all times, right where you are. It's the most reliable thing you can ever see. That you can ever feel. It's so here, you never even notice it. 
Do we notice things that are always influencing us? No. It's like if I was born and someone put a hand on my shoulder and it was there for 30 years, I wouldn't know it was there because it's always been there. But I have tons of stories about why am I this left right shoulders down than the other one and used exotic fucking reasons. But in fact, I had no idea. But if it lifted, I know I would know it by its absence. Yes, that's exactly what happens. You know the self by its absence, and what it distills into is I'm not that. You can study the self because it's not you. <coughs> But you can't study you, what you are. You can't study it. You can't read it. It's not available. Because you're always available. It's like this great, another great Zen master, Dojin, said, you know, to study Buddhism is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. Because if you study the processes and the structure of the selfing, you'll get a distinct hit. It's not about you, and you'll lose interest in it. And, if, and you're the paying the construction. You're what's keeping it the urban renewal project. <laughs> you. Being identified as the body, you're finding fault no matter what, how much you do. If you, if you see this not being you, it gets the biggest break of all. Fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ. To be the center of the universe is difficult for a body to handle. It's, it's like a, putting two tons in a half ton pickup. It can't carry the weight of being everything. <laughs> it's just a body like a Toyota. <laughs> the action figure is way, please. It's so happy when the mother hen of the mental state gets up. Oh, fuck. Hallelujah. I can breathe. My digestion works. <laughs> for me, I grow. I've grown half an inch in my old age. I can't believe it. I'm 6'2 now. <laughs> I used to be 6'1 the whole life. Now I'm 6'2. <laughs> Seriously, it's fucking crazy. The thing's just unwinding. It's just, the whole body's unwinding. It's like this ultimate relief from the bondage of self. Oh, fucking crazy. <laughs> now I can fart and burp you know, and not reach high enough or jump far enough or surf better. I can just enjoy the limitations of this little thing. Yeah. Not demanding it should be perfect. How the hell is it going to pull that off? Yeah, so. Any questions today? Yes. How did everyone find this place? There's a lot of people here today. Where were you last night? I was here. <laughs> yes? Well, it's not collected because it's never been uncollected. Yeah, it just appears but to is be. That really, like, is there a. Like, how do I know in my actual experience because it's only happening here in the, in the self, that there's uh, all kinds of different lenses when I'm only seeing it through my lens? By talking to others. I mean, so let's say you're in a beautiful sunny day. And you're seeing, you're hearing the birds and everything looks great. And this, another person's in that and they're totally flipping out. Obviously, they're seeing it in a, through a different lens, yeah? So you're saying that we all come from the same thing and the same thing is going from all of us, but that there's all these little different lenses? Like all these different lenses? 
Yeah. It's like it's like the same undifferentiated light. You know, first of all, it's just I'm just trying to paint a picture to trigger something. So it's not like I didn't get this from you know central office. <laughs> I'm attempting to to intimate something by using an example. So undifferentiated light, everything is always undifferentiated. But it comes through this little camera. This is like a camera location. So let's say there's the same event, but it's seen from a million different points of views. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. This is, we're, we're programmed to have a subjective experience here. Not recognize subjectivity, but subjective. So we, we, we misidentify subjectivity, and we call it a quality we as a body have. And I'm having as a body a subjective experience, which isn't the case. Yeah? But you see things different than I see things because we're not seeing anything. Like the Course says, we're only seeing the past. Yeah? So all we're doing, all that's going on, like when you remember something, all you're remembering is another memory of it. You never get back to the event, ever. The events never happen, in a sense. They've been replaced by memory. And those memories aren't, they're not stable under glass. They get used and mutated and manipulated (coughs) to produce a story now, yeah? So memories are unreliable. So when you have a memory of something, it's of another memory. That's it. So we're remembered here. So that's why if you read The Course of Miracles, you do the first seven lessons, it talks about, you know, Nothing has any meaning. Everything is meaningless. You give everything the meaning. And then you hit lesson seven. It says, the reason why all things, all these are so is because you're seeing only the past. And the past isn't so, so you're basically seeing nothing. That's the form of, that's what I call self-centered looking. That's why we're blind to the seeing, because we believe we're seeing, but it's a manipulated mental state called self-centeredness, right? So we see everything as how it pertains to us. That's not seeing. So instead of life is happening, we're not seeing life is happening. We're looking at it as if it's happening to us. Yeah? That's the bastardized version. That's what the mental state does. That's a lens. That's a tint that's put on. Yes? So now, all, all that's reflected is you. You project and everything you see is you. Every relationship you've had has been with you, basically. Not with the you you are, but with the you that you're not. All you've been meeting and greeting and being with is an image you have of a person. It's a dream. Literally. And if you follow it back, just like we said last night, to me, if you ever hear of something called the hum, when, you, when you're sitting quietly, you hear a buzz or a vibration in your head, or it just seems around in the head, that aren't we, well, we call it the hum. That hum is like the the closest sound you can get to you, basically. Every other sound will be heard after the hum. Yeah? If you go, like, you're something from 20 yards to 5 yards to 1 yard, and maybe you even hear your breath, the sound is even prior to that. But what's hearing the sound? What's hearing that sound that's the closest sound that can, you can ever get to? What's hearing that? That's What's hearing it can't be heard. Yeah? So if you take anything back, any, any sense back, it's going to lead back to here, and it's not going to stop here. It's going to go into what's seen. 
Yeah? But you'll never see what's seen. In other words, I can't turn around. I can't act like, oh, I'm just hanging out. I'm, God, you know, I'm never going to beat it. It's like being in a gunfight and it, it, it outdraws you every time because you are what you're looking for. What's looking is what you're looking for. So you can't turn quick enough to get out of yourself to see yourself. Yeah? That's why it's not an experience, but it's, it's the cause of all experiences. If it was an experience, it wouldn't be the cause of all experiences. Yeah. The cause of all sounds is not a sound, let's say. The cause of all seeing is not something that can it's not see it, it's seen. Yeah? It's awareness. It's the cause of all, yet it can't be seen by its effects. It can't be met by its effects. You have to recognize you're not the effect, and what will dawn on you is that you are that which is looking. As St. Francis said, to try to save us tons of time, what's looking is what you're looking for. It didn't put, like, only on Wednesdays, or only when you've done four hours. No, what's looking, right, at this very moment, is what you're looking for. He could never write a book. I mean, that it would be one page, and then everything else would be blank. I was going to write a. We were going to write a book. We had a little joke. We were going to have. Okay, if you're really interested in, in the ultimate concept, go to page sixty-eight, and then it would be blank. <laughs> and see how many times you could fool them. And they all right. Go to page eighty-four. Oh, blank. Ooh. <laughs> I have this thing. I should have brought it tonight. I have certificates of awakening. They're great. I should have brought it. That's if you come for the weekend, I'll give you one. I got a stamp. I've been I've been authorized by the Supreme Court of Spiritual Acquisition to to register and to witness your awakening, and I'll give you a certificate. I do it, and you cannot believe the droves of seekers getting lined up. We do it like a joke, you know. But they're oh, I want that. <laughs> One time we did it in Philly, we had a gong, and I had a, like, a little flower thing, but I had a gong, and uh, okay, very solemn, okay, Jim Smith, come on up, <laughs> you, you're awake, <laughs> it's been certified, now you, you've got to pay for these classes to re-up, it's not like, you know, free, no, come back every year. <laughs> I could not tell you, we had a, we had a gig once, a, a skit called Retreat from Paul. I could put it on the internet and I get people who pay for it. And then the idea of retreat from, we retreat from Paul, not with Paul. And what my idea was, I'd send you some CDs and DVDs and talks, and then I'd, I'd send you a DVD of old girlfriends' testimonials, how great their life is without me in it. <laughs> by, by my absence, they feel the presence. <laughs> and if you're into it, I, if you want to do it for one weekend, I promise not to run into you. I'll tell you everywhere I am, and you tell me where you're going to be at, and I will not go. And then on Monday, you can get back to me and say, hey, did you feel the presence of my absence? Yes, yeah, all right. Well, sign up for the year. Send the Hawaii check to P.O. Box in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you I'd have customers if I put it up there. I'd probably get checked. Sign me up for the whole year. I heard about that guy, Paul. I don't want to see him. <laughs> That's the <for> presents. 
<laughs> it's so insane <laughs> what we get up to. Really. All in a way of delaying inevitable. We are that. This is only this is, when this is done, it's like it's never happened. Just like yesterday is like it never happened. It's, every other yesterday is going to be the same way. Your whole life is going to be as if it never happened. Because in a sense, it never did. Yeah. <clears throat> you can save time now. A lot of effort. So that's it. Any more questions? Yes? I just... Uh I like stopping sometimes during the day, just stopping dead, stopping the body, closing the eyes, and just waiting for all the crap. But if you get that silence of being, and then just waiting for the crap to slowly try to catch up. Yeah. Because the, the thoughts, of course, aren't there when you stop. It's so cool to just to stop quickly and cut them off. It, 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 to witness, in fact, the body coming back, because it, it takes a little while to get going. Yes, definitely. It's a process, so it takes time. For sure. If you ever hit your head and stuff, the whole sense of self gets stopped. Mm-hmm. Because the brain's producing it. I've had it. I've had a concussion in the water. And for, and it, my brain shut down. It hit so hard that my nervous system went down. So I, I was paralyzed. Luckily, I landed on my back. And for about the four, first four minutes or so, it was just a golden-framed event with no observer, nothing. Yeah? Because the brain had gotten not silly from the, you know, the impact. Then they took me out of the water, cut my wetsuit off, and the first thought that arose was, I can't afford the ambulance. <laughs> Can you believe that? Fucking unbelievable. <laughs> the first thing the mental state comes up with, cancel that ambulance. <laughs> I can't afford it. You're going to die. It's going to be too expensive. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Seriously. It has nothing to do with you. It's a self-fulfilling system. It has no juice. It needs yours. You're like the light company. You're like the electric company of letting it do its all its displays. Without you, why does it sound like it's so trying to convince something in you? Doesn't it? Sometimes it's trying to convince you that you're having a bad day. You know? Or usually it waits till eight hours later when you get home and then it breaks the news to you. You had a bad day today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, old wise one. I didn't know what you were going on. Oh, yeah, very bad day. It's not looking good for your future. <laughs> what? I was there. I didn't know what was happening. Oh, it was happening. <laughs> bad intentions for you. You're going to be fired by Friday. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And then we just totally... And the contraction immediately occurs... And then, oh, oh, wise one, give me... I had it once, you know. I, I had a... Well, I didn't have, you know, the language is like a subjective language used by objects, yeah? But let's say I had alcoholism. And the way... This is just one example in one little event in years of this system leading the way, yeah? So here it was. I had a court date, October 10th this one year. And I was afraid... If I went to the court date, I'd go to jail because it had happened to me in the past. So I had jail, court date and jail were sort of synonymous. So I was in a lot of fear about this event. And so I said, oh, wise one, what should I do? And so it said, don't go to court. 
oh, fucking incredible. Thank you for this incredible idea. <laughs> so October 10th rolled around, and I'm sitting in my house drinking beer, and I'm thinking, oh, this poor Jamoke sweating it out at the court. Ah, fucking, it's great. I'm just... You know, just indulging in my solution. And then uh, two days later, I'm driving my girlfriend's car, and I get pulled over. And I didn't think I'd done anything wrong, so I sort of have a very indignant idea, because usually I did do something wrong. And the guy says, you have a broken taillight. He said, let me see your license and your registration. So I give it to him. And the cop goes into the car, and it's amazing how long they stay in the car. It's like about 20 minutes. So you're thinking, fuck, you know? And so if you hear this, you're going away. He knocks on the window and says, Mr. Hedman, will you please step out of the car? I go, what? And I get out, he says, you have a bench warrant issued for your arrest. And I said, why? He says, you missed the court date. All right, so now, here's, the idea was I was afraid to go to court because I thought I'd go to jail. Now I'm in jail and I have two court dates. (laughs) This was just one little event in one day out of months and months of events and days. You've got to realize how fucked I was. Because what I was listening to was totally insane. Totally insane. Jackpotting me constantly. And you better believe I was going to get high. Fuck. I wanted relief from that loop. You know, I, you know, I wanted relief so bad, I moved from the arm to the neck to shoot coke because I wanted to hit my heart faster in my brain. I wanted to get as fast relief as I could. And yet... You cannot transcend an imaginary place. You can't get out of something you're not in. I did tons of drugs, and if for all te- I mean, I would match my devotion to drugs with any devotional figure in spirituality. Hanuman, I was right with it. <laughs> I swear to God, I gave everything to it. I adored it. I took anything I could get from you and gave it. I was devoted to it every day, day in and day out. And you know what? You can't transcend an imaginary condition. Like it says in our program of recovery, it is a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. In other words, it's not a hopeless state of mind and body, but it can appear to be to you. And that's exactly the condition I was in until I got into recovery, and then I saw it as a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and there was my solution. Yeah? And what happened over the years, after about 11 years of sobriety... I had a download, and the download informed me that selfing was a foreign installment, or like a parasitical movement. It was not of me, super clear. And the first thing my mind, which is fervently entertaining all day, the first thing it finally could entertain is I could be free from it. Because you can't be free from it if you're identified as it. If you're identified as the self, you're going to try to be free as it. And that's the bondage of self. When I saw it wasn't me, my mind immediately could entertain I can be free from it. Immediately. I didn't have to take a lesson, nothing. Immediately the possibility, which is frankly always available, but something was blocking it, and what was blocking was being identified as what I wasn't. As soon as I got some space, I said, no, I'm not that, I can be free of it. And therefore it's come to pass. Yeah. So, even without a certificate. Yes. <laughs> I never got one. Either. I'm looking for it. Well, come. Someday I'll give I don't know. I may not give it to everyone. Let me see. feel something. no. wasn't nice to that dog. I guess So that's it. We're done. Come back. We're here tomorrow.
So Paul. Oh, Jesus Christ. I thought the window of <laughs> 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 See, you're not doing the thinking. That's the message. The message is, is it's a process that's going on, but it doesn't entail anything about you except the interest and attention you give it through being identified with its main topic, which is a self. Yeah? The mental process is going to keep looking at life and interpret it to the body. If you read that course, that's what it says. Yes, The brain will interpret to the body. In other words, everything it interprets perceptually, through perceptions, through cognition, through experience, is going to be interpreted to the body. That's going to be the framing. That can go on. It has not, You never started it, and you're not going to stop it. What you can do is lose interest in it. And the interest that you have in it is because it's somehow about you, or it is you. When you entertain it's not you, your interest and attention will leave that dead occupation, and then you'll find out where it goes. I found out that it will enrich this moment instead of enslaving you by this moment into yesterday and tomorrow. It'll enrich this moment. You'll be awake to being here. Yes? Without any effort. This whole idea of getting into the moment is based on a fallacy. The fallacy is that you could be out of a moment. You've never been out of any moment, ever. So it's a total it's a total scam in a sense, trying to get more into the moment. That infers that you can possibly be out of the moment. When I was a kid, I wasn't in an abusive situation. I wasn't trying to get into the moment, because I hadn't entertained I could be out of one yet. I wasn't looking for meditation and shit like that. I wasn't even thinking, oh, should I be worrying about next week while I be playing? I had no idea of next week yet. So all that was so normal, and what came along with that? Spontaneity, immediacy, wonder, and awe. Yeah? This whole, all the premise of the selfing is based on impossibilities. It gets them past, this, past the screener, and then it just rips on it. Now, you, it has tons of judgments how much you're in the moment, and how much you're out of the moment, and of course you should be fucking really guilty for being out of this sacred moment. Some other, and it's all you, 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 you. It's all, it's like everything's being re- re- used to reflect you in all of your fucking many splendid glory as a self. 
See it. You're not the thinker. You know, what's, what's going to happen next? Find out. That's the beauty of life. Yeah? The true certainty in life is being uncertain about it. The true security is in insecurity. You're assuming you have things to do with processes that you have nothing to do with. You're, aware, you're more like awareness of you're not any process that can be aware of. Yes? You're the awareness of the processes. The processes are being used to imply that you're the one that's doing the processes. And it's not true. Yes? So when you look, you look into the Paul oh, Hagen, look into the mirror, what do you see? An old dude. <laughs> <laughs> old surfer. <laughs> that's what I see. Yeah. <laughs> When you, when you make that change? I got older. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't make the change. Well, everything got different, you know? And yet, so it's just like in Zen, they say, you know, first there is the mountain, then there is no mountain, then there's the mountain again. So everything got really different, and then it just reverted back to sameness, but it's really different. Yeah? You would, you would hope. See, the way in spiritual hope, it's like, first there is the mountain, then there is no mountain. Oh, no. In reality, then there's the mountain again. <laughs> this is not an escape. It isn't. You're more here than ever. Yeah? You feel thousands of sensations. You're awake to every little thing going on. And if you're not in the business of distraction... You know, you'll be, there'll be a lot of stimulation being noted every second of the day. It's impossible to think that this is a stable thing called a body. There's so many functions going on, like constantly. You know, I have it with my sinuses, bad, very bad chronic sinuses. I wake up in the morning, it's like the Holland Tunnel, with no traffic, just cold wind going in through it. It's fucking unbelievable. Then suddenly, I hear, it opens up, it's all about, ha, I can breathe. (laughs) And I had nothing to do with it. It's just, (laughs) I mean, oh, this is my body. (laughs) It's giving me a break. It's not a thing. It's just appearing. It's mind. Mind's dreaming. Big M mind is dreaming. Like the Course says, the mind's dreaming the body. The Course of Miracles thinks it has an agenda with the body, which is to try to dump guilt on other bodies, basically. <laughs> because feeling it's a body, it believes it separated itself from God. And that's unbearable to take. And if you don't believe self-centeredness is based on that, that it believes it's separated from something, I'll give you an example of my own experience. I was six years old, and uh, my father got very ill. And... So my mother told me that my father is really ill and he won't be able to play with me as much as he used to. And they, at that time, we had family doctors, so Dr. Gianquinto came and he just told me, you know, your father has bad heart condition, he's not going to play with you. And I intellectually understood what they were saying, but in the conditioning was, what did I do to cause my father not to want to play with me? That's self-centered. That you see yourself having a role in everything that you have absolutely no role in. Yeah. You believe that when you hear about paradise and eternity and your experience in the day is the opposite, you believe you have something to fucking do with that. You believe that you produce separation, which is insane. Nothing's ever happened, but there's a belief that we had something to do with this 
and all the shit that seems to be happening because of this. Yeah? No one's free just by ignoring shit and disassociating from the people in India. You're not free from that. The mind is, is, is like a vast thing of tentacles. It's not just located... To, you're not behind the cheekbone. You're not, you're not a thing. Yeah? This is a very sensitive event. Very, very sensitive. <coughs> yes? You were, uh, there was something I didn't catch a while ago. A while ago. <coughs> you were talking about the chair and about space. Yeah. And something about if you took the chair away. Well, yeah, if I took the chair away, is there like a hole in space? Does the chair take up, make a hole in space? Or does it actually just appear in space? Just like if you tore this wall down, would you have to get a, a, a quantity of space that the wall had moved out? Or is this wall just an appearance in space? And is there really any separation between the space that's on this side of the wall and the other side of the wall, except in imagining in our own head? Is there really? It's just space, isn't it? Things are appearing in space. But their space isn't replaced by a thing. Thing is an appearance. Sort of like the sky. Mind, big M mind is sort of sky-like as an example. A big sky that allows tons of shit to happen in it, but it's not affected by any of it. Yes? So sky is happening. Let's say you have a 4th of July. Well, we have in America 4th of July. Fireworks. Let's say you do it every night. Yet the sky will not rip open. Yeah? A plane will be flying in the sky. It doesn't call up, call up the terminal and say, I ran into a big chunk of sky. Yeah? <laughs> Birds, when they shit, it doesn't stick on the sky. It lands on your car. Or something like that. <laughs> when it rains, the wet earth gets wet. The sky doesn't. Yeah? Clouds come and go, thousands and thousands of them. All day it's shifting. Yeah? Yet whatever happens in it doesn't affect it one bit. That's what mind is like. Yeah? We are the space that all of this is appearing in. Disappearance doesn't move any of us, any of what we are out. They're appearing in it. Yeah? There's content which is manifestation in the context of mind. So manifestations happening, things are coming into appearance, coming out of appearance, but they need to appear to what's real, which is not an appearance. It's the context. Yeah? So the context device con device content does defines content, and content cannot define context. So, this is an appearance in space. This chair isn't taking up any space. It's appearing in space. This body is appearing in space. And I'll tell you, the space was there before the seemingly body appeared, and will be there after the body would be there. Which one would you like to tag with identification as? The thing that's always been here and never goes, or something that comes and goes temporarily? Putting all your faith in what's not reliable while the reliability of pure context is available to me is insanity. Yeah. To demand something that can't be offered by an appearance be because you forget that you are the source of everything you believe could offer it, that's insanity. And it's a simple correction. It doesn't take long at all. Not at all. It doesn't take any time at all because it's already so. It just seems not to be so to us. The whole point of this message is to trigger something 
to tickle it, but without it, there'd be no tickling. You just tickle it, and mind, it's sort of like mind is in a yogic posture called self-centeredness, yeah? In its huge school of yoga, there's only one posture, self-centeredness. So it's like this, all contracting itself, and everything that comes its way, it tries to receive it this way. It doesn't open up to it, it tries to take whatever it hears and tries to fit it into its asana instead of opening up to the invitation. This is why this invitation occurs. It can happen in someone. It will open up mind. The mind will unfurl to entertain the possibility of not being a thing. And then you'll sense the unfurling of your own mind, of mind. You'll feel expansion, space, presence. Yes? You'll sense it. Right now, it's con- it can seem to be very contracted through the identification as a thing. Like when Jesus supposedly said, the kingdom of heaven is within you, when I was a kid, I thought it was in my body, because I took me to be the body. It would be a very small kingdom, with no parking at all. <laughs> How many people could enter this kingdom? It would be a very little gate. You know? No, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Everything is within you. You as mind, everything is within. It was a perfect declaration. We didn't have the eyes and the ears to hear it. We immediately referred it back to the body. The kingdom of heaven is within us. Just give me a fucking break. It would be a very limited version, because you're going to die as a body. Oh, it's only open 80 years. To <laughs> closing soon. Get it. Come on, start working. we got to get in there quick. It's closing. <laughs> it's just everything that comes up when the mental state claims it, it uses it to refer to the frame of selfie. So let's say the clone has just tons of evidence that it's a clone. It has a program of being a human. Yeah? So when the evidence that it's a clone is presented to it, it will receive it as a human. The human will feel like it's a clone. The human will give meaning to it. What it would be like to be a human and find out you're a clone. It would produce all the effects in the early experiences. The clone would never get it because the programming would catch it first. I'm telling, I'm just sharing with you that the mental state in time is prior to everything. In timelessness, it isn't. But in time, it's prior to everything. So any practice you do to get out of it, it will be there along the way, influencing it, making it into something. The solution to what seems to be a problem of time is timelessness. It's not more time. It's timelessness. So the freedom is prior to the bondage, not after the bondage. The bondage, when revealed, is not there. was never bondage. That's the solution. And therefore, the solution's unnecessary because there's no problem to apply it to. That's it. Then it becomes always available because it's what you are. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, sick, not sick, happy, not happy, clear, not clear. It has nothing to do with it. All of those volatile conditions that we call ours have no effect on what's so. That's the leavening agent we're looking for out here we can't find. We want... My old idea was, well, 
Okay, I'm confronted with this. I'm affected by circumstantial situations. I'm affected by my emotional condition. I'm affected by mental conditions. I'm definitely affected by physical conditions. Okay, I'm going to manage them. And if I can manage them all well and get them all lined up so I feel really good, I've got money, I've got this, my health is fine, my mental state is quiet, I have a great understanding why I'm fucked. So that's better than being fucked. <laughs> yeah? All right. So you figure, okay, I've done it. I've, I've gone on a three-week retreat with massive gourmet meals every fucking three times a day. Tantric foot massages. I mean, talking, non-talking. It's great. I mean, you know, there's gay community. Oh, I'm feeling great. Emotions, you know, equanimity, mind's clear, physical feels great, I'm yogaring every day, or tai chi, everything's great, okay? And I hit it, 9 o'clock, I feel fantastic. Well, what happens? 9.01 comes. (laughs) Another wind blows through your emotional state. Oh, there's a call for you at the office. Oh, it's it's Deb, my my girlfriend. Oh, I've left you, Paul. You know that yoga teacher you see? I'm seeing him. Oh, there goes my emotional state. Oh, shit. Oh, you know, you're trying to, you're never going to line them all up. And they're not going to translate to what you believe they're going to translate. You're not going to be okay and have it stabilized. They're all volatile. They're all affected by unseen things. Yeah. The only reliable thing isn't found here. It's not in this place. It's of something else. It's of our nature, not for our nature. It's of it. It's a recognition and an honoring and an entertaining and see how it expands. You're sort of the light to the mental flower. You, push, you start shining on it and it opens up. And it never stops opening up. Nothing is the gift that keeps on giving. Nothing, nothing keeps on giving. Ever, forever. Ever, ever, ever. Incessantly on. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Uh, one more. That's it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just curious. Is there a sense of um, like any ongoing refinement or intentionality in directing awareness or your attention anywhere? Or no, not for me. Completely no. spontaneous. No. I feel, know what I feel like in a way, as a, as a metaphor or analogy. You're like on an operating table. You only have two requirements. Don't get up and don't play doctor and everything goes well. You're like the hose that gets defined by the water moving through. That's what you are. So for us, coming from recovery, we're really big on service because... The belief is you have it by giving it away. So, and we have constant situations to serve because alcoholism is producing a lot of effects. A lot of addicts and alcoholics come. So, service is sort of like a way easily to get a sense of being out of self so that your mind becomes familiar with it. So that if the mind can recognize it, then it can entertain it, yeah? The mind's big limitation here, it's being force-fed possibilities that are of time, yeah, and based supposedly on actions and, and havings. This is an, another idea, and it's very refreshing for the mind to entertain this, because it's immediate. It brings about an immunity to yesterday and tomorrow. Your interest and attention is exactly where it should be placed. It's like the horse is finally put in front of the car. And then you start seeing blue is blue and red is red. 
And you're not, you're not complex by metaphysical questions. You may need to find where your keys are, say, but you're not, you know. I have no trouble in the metaphysical world. I have trouble here. <laughs> Especially after a talk, because I'm fucking out there. <laughs> so, or in there. So, I need guidance here. Like, uh, put your pants on, <laughs> fucking go here, eat some food. <laughs> okay. But, nows or what ifs, I, it's all ridiculous. Just a, just a raw sense of being on. Yeah, isn't that an ever present reminder or demonstration? No more questions today. Come back tomorrow. We've had our quarter of questions. Can I just do some housekeeping stuff for tomorrow's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, tomorrow... Hey, honey, don't go, eh? There's no street parking, but there's visitor parking, and that's free visitor parking. So, we press 600. There's a little ramp just on uh, Friedsmere there, and just say you're going to the party room and the concierge will let you in here. So... What's the clearance for the vehicles? Uh, it's not much. It's about six feet. So yeah. you need a car or an ordinary van. But if you have a no buses, no, no. The buses are coming in tomorrow. No, you're all hippie buses. <laughs> buses are people. <laughs> uh, so that's one thing. The other thing is the washroom here is um, in the laundry room there, and we have a little fob that you can use to open it. I think for tomorrow, for the next two days. Uh, we'll just have that door wedged open. Uh, but yeah, if it's ever closed, we'll have a fob here. Please return the fob over here. What is it? A fob? Fob. It's to swipe. It's electronic. Everything. Well, there's no bathroom going tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, 11 to 4, no bathroom. Yeah, it's from 11 to 4. And the doors are locked. And I think for tomorrow, what we're going to do for the lunch break, we're thinking is there's Loblaws over there, which would be a fast... Uh, place to go grab stuff that's already prepared, and then we can bring it here to yeah, eat. And then, um, uh, then it's kind of quick, and you can pick and choose what you want. We're not waiting around for people to serve us for food and stuff like that. And again, it's uh, tomorrow eleven to four, and uh, Sunday eleven to four, and uh, more like two. Yeah, don't. Yeah. <laughs> They'll find out sooner. <laughs> and uh, I think that's about it uh, in terms of. Did anyone have problems getting in or anything? Were there? Any Can anyone hear it? Hear everything back? You hear okay? Yeah. Were there any problems getting in or with the concierges or anything? Uh, they're pretty good. No, it's great. Yeah, explain. We're gonna have the event. Okay, so um, thank you, Paul. Thank you. Yes, thank you everybody. Thanks for coming. Yes, Yeah, yeah, yeah.